Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Basketball Jones, Hail Varsity's Jacob Padilla, on the Connor Happer Show on 1620 The Zone. All right, let's tee it up here. Jacob Padilla of Herdat Sports is with us on the 42 Degrees The Source Hotline. Jacob, hello. How are you? Hi, I'm all right. Did you just wake up like a few minutes ago or, you know, when did, because you guys were recording the pod till at least like two 30 last night. Yeah. Um, yeah, may have set my alarm about 15 minutes ago or so. Nice. Nice. All right. We'll get back up. Ready to, ready to talk more ball. Um, so in the, in the first hour we had the normal people, um, you know, texting us and emailing us and, and interacting with the show and asking the very important question, is Ryan Kalkbrenner actually even good? Are we really doing that again? I guess. I guess. I, people can't get over this. I, I, don't, I don't understand. Um, maybe it's trolling at this point. I don't know. It probably is. Yeah. No, I had somebody in my mentions yesterday um, that just had to stop uh, going back and forth with because it was very clearly a waste of time. Um, it, it, hey, the thing about basketball is sometimes the other guy plays better than you. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, it, it just happens. Michael Jordan didn't have the best game every single game he ever played in. Like, are you even, sure? Even he had. Did he, you he see that documentary ball. though? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, like, I thought, I thought he did a pretty good job, especially in the first half. Like. And this is what I was trying to explain to people. A lot of those shots, I mean, Creighton is just willing to accept that. They're, they're just like, okay, you want to go in and, and score up against Big Tall Tree Man? Like, good good luck. Like, that that's a shot that I'm willing to live with. And he was, Oduro was 5 of 13 in the in the first half. He had 15 points on 13 shots from the field. Like, that's a, that's a recipe that Creighton is willing to live with, even though the guy's got 13 points against him. Yeah, and he had two free throws. There's 15 points on... 15 shooting possessions. Right. Yeah. And Mac even said, like, yeah, at that point, we're willing to, to live with that. Um, unfortunately, down the stretch, he did make some some big ones uh, again, like the, the one in particular late where he kind of went right through Kalkbrenner. Yes. Like, that's one where you can't afford to, to lose that rep. And they did. And that's kind of, I mean, the story of the game was uh, Trey Alexander and Ryan Kalkbrenner definitively won their matchups with Devin Carter and. Uh, Oduro in the first game they played and Creighton got the win because of it. I, I know like Carter ended up with more points in that game, but I kind of wrote the story breaking down like their actual head to head matchups with him. Uh, Alexander and 
kind of highlighting that the plays Trey made down the stretch to, to give Creighton the win. And uh, last night, that was not the case. The, the, those two Providence guys combined for 60, and uh, Kalkbrenner and Alexander had quiet games. Trey had a really good first half, and then second yep. half, just well, shots weren't falling for him. Um, and that ended up being the difference. And Creighton got good games out of Baylor and, and Steven. Um, a good last 17 minutes from, from Steven after dealing with foul trouble and uh, not really getting loose in, in the uh, the first uh, 28 or whatever it was. But, uh, yeah, it just wasn't quite enough. Kind of kind of wild. Where, uh, you look at Creighton before this last two-game stretch. They were 18th in Kempom. Yeah. And they're now still 18th in Kempom, unless it changed overnight. Um, th- the thing is, their offense and defense have basically exact, completely flipped. Yep. Um, they, uh, their offense is up to 22nd after the uh, the UConn game like plummeted it down to like the high 30s, and the off the, the defense was top 15 uh, at one point. Well, uh, right now the the defense is up to 38, and the offense is 22. So they basically just kind of flipped where they were two games ago, but remained. Uh, in the same spot overall with their offensive improvement canceling out their their defensive struggles. Most of that so, kind of a weird spot to be in. Don't you? And I don't know. Like most of that, I would attribute to. And if we're just talking about these last two games, I would just attribute to really good offense from the other team. It's not like Creighton has done anything noticeably different from certainly not a schematic standpoint. And obviously, they've they've tried some different things uh, when they're getting beat. Like it's it's not like they're th- they're any different. They're just kind of getting beat at it the last two games. Yeah, the, the, I went through and kind of broke down the uh, the Butler game in particular, and yeah, the uh, the number of just stupid shots that that Butler threw in uh, significantly outweighed the oh that was bad defense. Um, th- there were definitely stretches. They made some mistakes that ended up being costly, and um, they could have been a little bit more aggressive and active in, in certain stretches to help prevent Butler from even getting in, into a rhythm, getting comfortable or whatever. But for the most part, they were hitting just ridiculous shots that they hadn't hit all season and that nobody has hit against Creighton. Like, that, that was that was an outlier game. I, I don't think we'll see Butler do anything like that again because we hadn't seen it all season. Um, and Providence was a little different, um, but... Uh, the result was, was more self-inflicted. One-on-one. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the result of it, I mean, the turnovers keep cropping That's up. That's exactly what it was. Like, the half-court defense wasn't that bad. The problem is Crane gave up too many free points to Providence with the um, the 15-off turnovers, and a lot of those were the uh, the 10 fast break points they got. Basically, nine of their 12 turnovers were steals, and they took those down and scored on a lot of them right away, um, or even secondary breaks were, were Creighton scrambling. And so that's not necessarily anything to do with Crane's style of defense and all that. That's messing up on offense and giving free points away. And they're, uh, they had 13 second chance points. And there's one in particular where, I mean, Cockburner got yanked to the ground. Crane yeah. was able to secure the rebound. And Devin Carter knocked down a three. And I think that was his first three of the game, kind of got him going a little bit. So um, it, it just plays like that where the margin for error is so slim. And. Providence made a few more plays than Crane did. I don't necessarily 
like we got that question too. It's like, oh, do they need to adjust the the drop defense? It seems like teams are starting to figure it out. Not really. Like no. Butler takes the same exact shots next time they they play. Uh, Creighton's winning that game. I, I feel pretty confident about that. And this one, like I said, it wasn't even necessarily the, the drop defense. It was uh, Oduro scoring one on one against Kalkbrenner, in addition to kind of some of the three points that 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 he got. Um, but he still took him the. Uh, 28 shooting uh, possessions to get 32 points. Like it's not like he was just scoring every single time. Like they were getting plenty of stops to go with the bucket. Um, they just kept playing through it, and he made some plays down the stretch. Uh, had a really good second half. So it, it, it's kind of both these, these last two games. I don't know are like oh, Creighton's defense is falling apart. Teams know how to beat it. Teams just played really well for whatever reason. Creighton was able to make a few plays that kind of get them out of that rhythm it's, i think it really is that's that's a margin for error it, it's really slim in this conference and unfortunately creighton wasn't able to to make the winning plays offensively why do the turnovers come in just like they, it just happens in avalanches yeah. at, at at various times or maybe whether it's a game at a time or like a four minute stretch at a time because if you look at you know creighton's turnover just percentage you know, it's it's pretty good. It's top 100 in the country. It's not like they're like this. You know, they're this team that's so vulnerable to turning the ball over all the time. They generally protect the ball well. They've went through multiple game stretches against tough defenses where they don't turn it over, and then all of a sudden you get hit by the turnover avalanche, and it it, it goes the other way on you. Like, why did why does that happen? What leads to that for them? Yeah, I mean, overall they're. 70th of the country. Yep. Uh, only turned over 15.4% in their possessions, which. It's uh, good. It's good enough. Two percent below average. Yeah. Uh, above average. Like it's. Um, I, I don't know. And it's like some of the bizarre ones where it's just kind of lazy or assuming that you're going to be able to do something and not realizing what the defense is doing, like throwing, throwing it with a defender like tight on the guys. Like, I don't know if it's just like, all right. This, this is a place so we got to throw the ball here. Um, There's just, some of that. It's yeah. weird. It's, again, like for the most part, they do a great job of taking care of the ball and getting the ball where it needs to go. Um, but sometimes they just go through these stretches where, again, like they're just kind of it's, – it's a kind of laziness, but you just kind of assume that I'm going to be able to make this play because this is where the ball's supposed to go, whereas the defense is also kind of knows that's where the ball's going and they're working really hard to take it away. And if you try to throw it anyway, then that's that's leading to deflections or um, if uh, doubles coming your way and you just kind of softly try to get rid of it without a guy cutting to the right spot. And uh, I know Baylor had a bad one where guy jumped to him and he just tried to throw, physically throw it through his arms and got it deflected. Like those are plays you just can't make. And I don't know why the, the stretch is because like Mac talked about, it, like it's uh, that, that was an area of, emphasis for like a week of practice going up after I forgot which was it the the note after the Nova game and then they went out the next game and turnovers were a problem again mm-hmm. kind of some of the same deal um but then after that they kind of got it cleaned up and it was wasn't an issue for a bit and then it popped up again so it's I, I don't really know like that's something that the coaches are going to have to figure out and talk to the players about and find a way to address that you can't you can't afford it in this league and with the way everybody's playing right now uh, to have those stretches where that really was the difference in the game because Creighton should have taken control of that game in the second half with what Baylor was doing uh, and the way they were scoring to start the second half. But 
you can't score if you're giving the ball to the other team. And if they're scoring on those possessions, then it doesn't really matter how efficient you are because the other team's still getting more points because they're getting more shots. So, Jacob, they got they got a couple things going right now that affects the same people in sort of different spots. You're you're you had the the disastrous Fred King thing the other night that that basically led to Creighton saying, "Okay, let's just let's just try something else." There, they went with Trout at the five. We got some good Jason Green minutes last night, and then you have Mason Miller who has has made some has made some mistakes. He's, I mean, I basically. You know, I think the hope with him is that he was a net positive for the majority of the season, given the firepower they have in the rest of their lineup. That has not been the case over the last couple for him. So then you get into okay, what do we, what do we, do, how do we mix in Trout there? And there's there is there some Jason Green minutes there, um, and then you still have the King situation as well. Like it feels like both of those things are kind of happening at the same time. And they have to kind of they're they're still trying to figure out the right pieces and it and it leaks now into their starting lineup, which is is sort of a problem. Yeah, they they Mason's gotta play better. They need to find a way to kind of get him back to even doing what he was in the non conference, even if it's a couple of threes a game, couple of rebounds, like he just basically played twenty two minutes. Yeah. His entire game was a missed open three one rebound, one assist, and a really bad foul. Bad foul. Points on the board. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the entirety of his game in 22 minutes. Uh, they lost those minutes by six. They just can't afford that. Like, they, they need, again, they don't need 15 points out of that spot, but they need him to take advantages uh, of the opportunities he gets. The, the open look got to go down at a higher rate than they have been recently. And need to find a way to be involved on the, on the glass. He, he's too athletic and playing too important of a position to, to get one rebound in 22 minutes in a game where they are struggling at times with, with uh, the physicality that Providence is showing on the offensive glass. Like they need to just continually going with just plug in Farabello, move uh, Shireman to the four and then roll with that. Like that's, that's a good group to have as an option, but, um, you're just too limited if that's your only solution. Like, all right, we can't play anybody else. We just have to go with these five um, because that does make you small. And, um, I mean, Brother Bello isn't necessarily a dynamic. He did hit two threes uh, in the game, but he's not necessarily in a he had a horrible. He had a horrible turnover. Yeah. He exactly. just chucked it out of bounds. Yeah, he just completely lost it trying to find a wide-open tray. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like in there, it just kind of limits you when that's just your only solution. So they do need to get better minutes out of him. And it, it was interesting that the changes they made, um, I think it's kind of noteworthy, uh, trout to the backup five and that, uh, he gave Carl Brenner three and a half solid minutes of rest. Like he didn't, didn't yep. make it, uh, they survived those minutes. Yeah. They it didn't record a stat while he was in, but they they were plus two in the, the three and a half minutes he got. And then uh, Jason Green came in and made two huge plays with those offensive rebound putbacks. Uh, and then also I thought he had a really good defensive rep at the end of the half. Devin Carter just ruined a nonsense shot. It was a really good help rotation sliding over in front of him with, with Trey getting beat. And Carter threw up a backward shot, wasn't even looking at the basket, and somehow it went in. Um, so it, it just kind of, I mean, Matt pointed out that the way the game played out with, with the turnovers and with 
Providence taking the lead, um, leading up to when you probably would have made some some subs. Uh, Max just felt like, no, we got to ride these guys to, to get back into the game because if we try to make some subs now and put these guys in, in a tough spot, this thing could be slip away from us. Um, so, like, I think that's kind of what led to no subs in the second half outside of those uh, the the kind of main six playing most of the way. Well, I mean, Farabell replacing uh, Miller, Mason. that is, did, yeah. didn't really play the last 12 minutes. So um, it really was just kind of the veteran five. And so ho- hopefully, hopefully what Green did, uh, basically what both those guys kind of the, the stints they did, like you get you get one cent and a half of, from each of those guys, like that that could go a long way to, to helping you out. And hopefully that what, what they did was enough to uh, when the coaches go over the films, like all right, we can try this again. Um, did what we needed them to in that stretch. So um, we'll see. Uh, it just it is kind of tough just with how much that puts you in a box when kind of the, the only solution is, all right, put Bella, put Bella out there and we're just going to roll with these five. How do you uh, defend a guy who makes a 40 foot three pointer um, with 10 seconds left of the game? Like, <laughs> I don't, I, I and, and your, your take on this, like you, you offered some resistance on, on the yeah. podcast last night. Like, Maybe you 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 know that that's in the bag for him somewhere, so you kind of have to be prepared for it. But like at the same time, I'm I'm just sitting there like, what are you, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, um, yeah. Matt and I kind of went back on back and forth on that. I I definitely it, it ultimately it's not it is a, a not a not an easy shot and um, like. Most times, I'm fine with him taking it. Yes. <laughs> the, the problem is, like, with just what he's done, and, and uh, obviously, I'm arguing from hindsight. Like, so if he misses, oh yeah, great job. Uh, but the fact that it went in and that he had space to get it off because there was just a brief moment of miscommunication or hesitation between Ashworth and Alexander, and wasn't really on him, and he had the space to to step into it when you could have been up a couple more steps and made him try to do something different and just kind of even if it is a 40 foot this he's, he's stepping into it w- with space and then the contest comes late as the ball's coming out of his hand so um that, that's one of those things where obviously like it's it's kind of like the butler game as a whole yeah you could have done some things better and i'm looking <laughs> at what they could have done better like what was under their control but at the same time they just threw in a stupid shot and it's really unfortunate that that happened against creighton again um, so I think there, there are two ways to kind of to look at that and uh, be curious to hear what the coaches kind of think about it, like it, as they're going over it, of like to be in the film room to just kind of get their reaction. Like, all right, how much are they focused on? Well, that's just him doing something ridiculous versus. So if you like, but but if you better. jump out on him, then all of a sudden things start to open up closer to the basket. Like that's the risk of it. Uh, I, at the same time, there's clocks running down and you're up three. Yeah. So if you make them take a two, then you play the free throw game. Um, but you're still in control, even if they do score a two. So, um, and that's, I don't know. They just need to be on the same page there with sure. uh, Ashworth. I think was feeling they, uh, was stunting and didn't want to, wanted to make sure he didn't have that space, but he also didn't want to switch um, and put himself on their best player. 
And so he just kind of tried to give Trey time to get back, but Trey was thinking, oh, are we switching? Oh, no, we're not. And then, oh, I get, I got to get out there. And then, bam, the, the shot's in the air. So, like, that's just one where, like, again, the margin for error is so slim. Yeah. You just really have to be on the, the same page in, in that moment. And there was just a brief moment of hesitation. And Providence made them play with an incredible shot. And it seems like Devin Carter has done that more often than not this season. And, and like I said on the pod, it's like, he, he hit that same logo shot against Creighton uh, during their run to cut that thing down to one. He did. And then the next time down, Trey uh, was in his face and forced a step back, like a contested step back. He was up, he was, he was active guarding him. Yeah, that was the one where he, he kicked his legs out. He was trying to flop all over the place. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's like, yeah, it's a deep shot, but it's, an un- it's a somewhat uncontested one versus forcing him into taking a, an even tougher one. Um, so, yeah, it's. Ultimately, they had other chances to win that game as well. That's just the one where it really hurts because that, that was the game right there. They get a stop there, it's ball game, and they couldn't get it. Lastly, Jacob, are we calling fouls or are we not calling fouls with three seconds left in the game anymore? I just want to get some clarity on this. I just want it to be consistent. That's all. Uh, yeah, the, there will never be consistency. Um, Great. It, it's it's kind of wild. Like, like Matt said, it, it just it's hard because like oh let the players decide it. Well, if the players decide to foul to prevent the offensive player from getting up a good shot, then like that is the players deciding it. You you weren't able to guard without fouling. So right, uh, like if that's what happens, then call it. It's just it is. I mean, in that game, it, it made sense because they wouldn't call anything most of the night. Uh, it seemed the the calls they did. The fouls they did call were like, oh, we've gone too long without a stoppage, so we're going to blow it this time. And it felt like every single time that happened, it was on Creighton's offensive end of the floor. Um, so it was just kind of – there were a few like, wow, you're really calling that after letting the MMA fight happen on every single rebound? It's still wild that that play where Kalkerner got yanked to the ground by the arm and <laughs> Providence got three shots out of it. Like that that's the one that just sticks out to me. It's like, are you kidding? And then the tray where he got sandwiched between two guys. Yeah. And Dave Sim said, Oh, yep, great. They're consistent. <laughs> no contact. And then they called a touch foul on the other end and put them uh, Providence at the free throw line on the very next play. Like that's those kind of swings are where the fishing really does impact it because it's taking points off the board for one team and putting points on the other uh, for the other team. Yeah. So like that, those are the swings where the officiating really hurts overall. Creighton could have won despite the officiating and maybe could have adjusted to the way it's being called a little bit better at, at times and fought a little bit harder as opposed to just kind of like hoping that you were going to get the whistle. But yeah, in the end it is kind of frustrating to watch sequences like that and poor, poor, uh, poor Ashworth. I know he had another great game. Yeah, and just again at the end, get, getting getting killed. Getting it's wild that they won't call the other teams even trying to foul him. <laughs> and, and he's the littlest guy too. He goes flying yeah. around everywhere, and he gets absolutely decked, and he ends up on the floor. And it's just like, what what else am I supposed to do? How am I? How should I sell this to you more? Yeah, he ended up with four fouls in, in the game, and can can get a foul call to save his life. So. <laughs> Um. Yep. 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 It's kind of kind of one of those. Uh, looking ahead, so it gets it's it's not an easy road here no. for Creighton down the stretch. So we'll have uh, we'll have plenty to talk about 
in the final month of the regular season and beyond. Jacob, thanks as always. Great stuff. We'll talk to you soon. All right. See you later. Speaking of uh, Dave Sims being convinced on things, like I said, never been never been more convinced that the guy was uh, at his foot on the line. That Baylor Shyman had his foot on the line. I was I, I, I I'm as convinced that instant replay is bad that Dave Sims was when <laughs> Baylor Shireman had his foot on or off the line. Ah, uh, yep, a lot of lot of stuff going on there for Creighton. Like I said, it, we we can there will be a time in the next couple weeks where we're talking a little bit more about their resume than you know than we're used to. There will there will likely be a time. It seems to be the way it's trending, given that schedule down the stretch. It doesn't mean that they're going to lose all these games in a row, right? Or you know, but that schedule, like you said, it's it's tricky. So, um, yeah, there will be there will be some storylines in the final month of the season. Good stuff from Jacob. You could check out Heard uh, at Sports for his uh, write ups, and then the uh, the pod afterwards, White and Blue Review with. Matt, which they stayed up all night to do just so people could listen to it, which is nice. This is why we're here as well. Uh, Frank, <laughs> so people can listen to it. Frank Caliendo is coming up at the top of the noon hour. We will just uh, make him do impressions of things, and we'll talk about the Super Bowl. Plenty to come the Connor Happer Show on 1620 The Zone. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 